0: Good to be with you this morning. The first time I remember coming here, I think it was in 1989. I was getting ready to go out on a new venture with the Lord. I was getting ready to go to Romania. It was still under communism at the time. And this church was also at a new beginning as you were coming together through this body here. And um, ever since then, you you as a church have had a part in making it possible for me, me and Anne, to serve God in Eastern Europe and now back here in the US. Um, nine years ago, you as a church opened your doors and your arms to us as we came back for the, um, the, burial, the burial of our son, Stephen, who had died. So, you as a church, uh, you have a, a special place in our hearts, and we're so grateful for the role that you've had in our lives. Um, you, if you know a little bit about me, you probably know I've been losing my sight. I'm legally blind. I have uh, probably one or two percent of my sight, so you may be wondering, does this guy see me? Well, I see a little bit. Um, if you come up to talk to me, and I'd be happy to talk with people afterwards, it'd probably help me if you mentioned who you are, even if I know you, because my vision's a bit cloudy. This is a team effort, isn't it? Um... So I work with crew in the staff care department. We um, send people throughout this country and around the world, and I work in a department that provides care and leadership development for them. And as was mentioned, Ann just finished a degree. She got a master's in counseling in mental health. So later on this summer, she will start working through a ministry that uses counseling in the setting of a local church, as a way to reach out into the community. It's something she's wanted to do for years. And after 40 years, God's opened up the doors for her to do that. If you are interested in learning about our ministry and following us, there will be uh, a sheet in the lobby where, where will it be? It will be with my wife. And uh, you can uh, give us your information, and we would be happy to keep you updated on what God's doing and also ways you can be praying for us and be involved in that. If you and I were to sit down and get to know each other, we would share something about our stories. Um, We tell things about our lives, our families, how we grew up. If I were to tell you a little bit about myself, I might tell you that when my parents got married, my mother was told she might not have any kids. Well, I'm here today, and so obviously that doctor was wrong. If you know me well, you know that I come from a large family. I have 10 brothers and sisters. So that doctor was really wrong. (laughs) Uh, My mother said that after she had a few children, that same doctor came back to her and said, Mrs. Powers, Every time I read, you've had another kid, it makes me want to take my diploma back to medical school. (laughs) Um, So if we were to share our stories, we would um, maybe tell some funny things like that, maybe some meaningful stories. But you know what? Um, There's some things I wouldn't tell you. (laughs) I wouldn't want you to know about them because I'm embarrassed. Now think with me, God, also tells his story. Um, God's story intersects with his people. He reveals something about himself through his people. And um, have you ever noticed when God tells the story about his people, about his family, what does he do? He tells some things that show the the heroic deeds of his people. He shows their great faith and their deep love. But he also shows them in their weakness and in their humanity, Their, their failures and their mistakes. This morning, I'd like us to think about how God's story and our stories intersect with each other. Um, And I'd like to do that through looking at the life of Joseph. I understand that uh, you as a church are going to be looking at Joseph over the next few weeks. And um, this morning, I'm going to take just a few moments to look at a couple periods in his life uh, stopping to reflect on what are some things we can observe for that, from that and what are some applications that we can make. I mentioned that um, Joseph's life, um, w- I want to take some time to look at Joseph's life. Joseph appears in the book of Genesis. Genesis. Um, Reading through the book of Genesis, you see a phrase that occurs over and over. And when a phrase repeats itself in the Bible, the the writer is telling us to pay attention to this. Over and over, we see the phrase, this is the account of Adam. This is the account of Noah. This is the account of Jacob. So that phrase appears 10 times. And the last time it appears, it, it refers to Jacob, who was the father of Joseph. When we look at the life of Joseph, we see that that the life of God's people is kind of messy sometimes, and God shows that about his people. So Joseph's father, Jacob, he had 12 sons who were the 12 tribes of Israel, but we see that in their family, there are some things that Jacob didn't do real well. Jacob showed a lot of favoritism to Joseph and that favoritism led to envy, that envy led to hatred and we're not going to read it but in chapter 37 we see that in this family of this people of God that um, the hatred was such that they decided to kill their brother. And in the end, they don't kill him, but they sell him for silver to, some, to the Ishmaelites. I'd like you to think with me, as Joseph is being dragged off to a different land, what do you think was going through his mind? Think with me. God had chosen these people, the Israelites. He said, he said to Abraham their patriarch, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. I'm gonna make you into a great nation. And through you and your descendants, I will bless all the nations of the world. Surely Joseph heard that growing up. And now here, his own brothers have betrayed him and sold him. What do you think might have gone through Joseph's mind as he's taken away, probably in chains? God, is this real? Is this really happening? These are your people. Um, God, where are you? I would think it would have been incredibly confusing and perplexing. But one thing that we will notice as we go through scripture is we see that God is revealing his story through common people like you and me, and even through our flaws. We see this in Joseph's life. Here, this people that was set aside to be a blessing to the world, and um, they aren't reflecting well in the life of God right now. The lives that you and I have, God reveals himself through us as well. Common, everyday, ordinary people. He uses our strengths, our gifting. He also works through our flaws. He works through people that you have sent to the ends of the earth, your missionaries. But he also reveals his story through each of you on your farms in the schools where you teach, the coffee shops that you go to. God is telling his story through common, everyday, ordinary people. The way we live is important. It matters. It points people to God. Even when we make mistakes, how we handle that. When we acknowledge our mistakes and apologize. When we forgive others and seek to grow together, God is revealing his story through us. Okay, so Joseph is being dragged off, dragged off to the country of Egypt, and I'm going to ask that um, this passage, these verses from Genesis 39 be read, and we'll pick up the story and see what happens when he gets to Egypt.
1: Genesis 39, 1 through 4. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant.
0: Okay, so Joseph, here he is in this distant land, Did you notice the phrase that was repeated in just these three verses? The Lord was with him. It says that again a little later in this same chapter. Here's Joseph in a distant land. In the world's eyes, it might appear that he's been abandoned by God in these terrible circumstances. But God's word says, that God was with him. Was Joseph aware of this? I'm not sure. But even in these dark, bleak circumstances, especially there, God was with him. We see a similar idea in Psalm 23. You'll recall that psalm where David talks about the fact that God is his shepherd. And in verse 4, David says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David says, when I go through the valleys, especially when I go through the valleys, I won't be afraid. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. David found that in the valleys of life, he experienced God. God was doing something special. The trials that you and I go through, they can be opportunities for you and me to draw near to God and to experience Him. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I mentioned a little earlier that um, our son Stephen died nine years ago. In the days that followed, that was a a dark, um, very sad time for us. And a couple days after Stephen died, several friends were at our house. And um, before parting ways, we decided to take a few moments just to reflect on how we'd seen the hand of God that day. And as people, there were probably another five or ten people with us. And as we started talking, the sharing just went on and on and on. It was really striking. A month or two later, a good friend of mine that was there that night, he said to me, John, that night when we took time to, thought, to think about how we saw the hand of God, he said, it seemed that something in your house shifted. He said, it seemed that this place that was sad and dark and gloomy, all of a sudden, it was like it became holy ground for us. When he said that, I thought that was, I thought that is so true. I think what was happening then is that we were seeking God in our brokenness and sadness and he drew near to us and we experienced him in a special way. Do we always do we always have that experience? No we don't. But when we look in God's word we see that when we're going through trials that doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. In fact as we make choices to draw near to God, we can be confident that he's drawing near to us and that he will be with us through those times. Ann, could you bring up my water, please? What I'd like to do now is to fast forward in the life of Joseph. Um, I'm gonna skip over a number of things because I'd, I'd like to look at one last moment in Joseph's life when he reveals himself to his brothers. So fast forwarding over several chapters Um, Joseph as you'll recall he finds himself in prison because he's falsely accused of something through a series of miraculous events he comes out of jail into the presence of the ruler of the country Pharaoh and um, about this time there's a great famine in Egypt Joseph's brothers come to Egypt looking for food and they encounter Joseph. And after a series of exchanges, Joseph decides to reveal himself to his brothers. So I'm going to have a few verses read again from Genesis, um, chapter 45, and then I'll make some comments about that. So please put those verses up and um, pastor can read them.
1: Genesis 45, 1 through 5. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, "'Have everyone leave my presence.' "'So there was no one with Joseph "'when he made himself known to his brothers. "'And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, "'and Pharaoh's household heard about it. "'Joseph said to his brothers, "'I am Joseph, is my father still living?' "'But his brothers were not able to answer him "'because they were terrified at his presence. "'Then Joseph said to his brothers, "'Come close to me.' "'When they had done so, he said, "'I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt.' And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you.
0: If when we get to heaven, there's video scenes of what happened in days gone by, this is a scene I would love to see. So here's Joseph, these brothers of his that sold him into slavery Now they're in front of him. He's the ruler of this nation. He could crush them. And what does he do? He weeps. He says, is dad still alive? Come close to me, don't be afraid. And there's again, a phrase that recurs in here that's very telling. Uh, It appears three times, I think. He talks about, you guys did this to me, but God sent me ahead. Think about what that phrase represents for Joseph to say, God sent me. Here's a young man who, in the prime of life, was beaten up by his brothers, taken off to a distant land, away from his family, away from his own language, from his religion. And he suffered even more when he got there. And yet he could look at them and he could say to them, you did this to me, but God sent me. I think that is an incredible example of Joseph seeing that God was the author of his life And he learned to accept that, to trust him. Joseph was able to step back from his circumstances. Yes, he had suffered. He had gone through a lot. And you know, maybe he went many, many years in confusion and not understanding what God was doing. But he came to a place where he was able to see that God was the author of his life and that God had sent them there. And I think that shows us that God was able to step back and look for and see the hand of God and to trust him with that in spite of what that meant to him and to accept that, to accept that God was in those things even though they were very difficult for him. And you know what? As we look at what Joseph did through his life, the circumstances in his life, they pointed people to God in his greatness. Think with me what happened in his life. He was betrayed by his own brethren. He was sold for silver. He was falsely accused and condemned. And later on, he was raised up to a position of rule, and he became the savior of the world in his time. Isn't it beautiful to see how Joseph's surrender and his trust in God gave him an opportunity to point people to God and his greatness? I referred to the fact earlier that God is telling his story and his story intersects with our stories. As Joseph was trusting God, that pointed people to God in his greatness. But that involved a lot of hardship and heartache for Joseph. Joseph is an example for us. Do you struggle to trust God with the way he is allowing the story of your life to be written? That's pretty normal. I think Joseph struggled with that. Even in these verses we read, we see that Joseph just wept as he revealed himself to his brothers. When we look in the Psalms, we see lots of Psalms of lament, where God's people are pouring out their hearts in their confusion, in their anger, in their fear. I think those psalms show us that this is part of life with God, if we're honest, the suffering and the struggle. There's joy and celebration as well. But the Psalms of Lament show us that, that trusting God also involves going through hardship with him. In my own life, I used to tell people that if I was writing the John Power story, I would leave the blind chapter out. But several years ago, I stopped and I thought, wait a minute, John, you are a follower of Jesus. You know God, you know he's good. You know he's powerful. You know he's wise. So I've decided I I just don't want to say that anymore. I don't want to say that I can write a better story with my life than God can. I want to be a person who trusts God with the circumstances that he allows to be a part of my life, just like Joseph did. When I say that, don't hear me saying that this is easy or I have this all figured out because that's not true. I struggle with my blindness a lot, but I trust that he's in it. Joseph trusted that God was in his circumstances. When we read some of the great novels that have stood the test of time over history, often we see that there are moments in the story when the chapters are pretty dark and pretty bleak. And then we marvel as the author takes those dark chapters and he weaves them into a bigger, grander story that has beauty, sometimes in ways that just takes our breath away. And that is true for us as followers of Jesus. We can trust that he will weave together even the dark chapters of our life into a bigger story that points people to God and his greatness. Joseph had dark chapters in his life. And it's encouraging for us to see how he learned to trust God. I'd like to close by just taking a few moments to refer to Jesus and what he did when he faced trials in life. I think the temptation for us sometimes when we're going through hardship and we're not doing well, the temptation can be to kind of pull away and isolate until we're all better. We don't see that in Jesus. Think with me in Gethsemane. Jesus is about to be crucified, and what does he do? He has the Last Supper. He goes off with his disciples, and there's a moment in Matthew 26 where Jesus says, um, he asks Peter, James, and John to come with him. And he says to them, this stay, well, first he says, My soul is deeply burdened to the point, to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep watch. Notice what he does. First of all, he's honest about what's happening inside of him. My soul is deeply burdened to the point of death. He puts into words what he's feeling and thinking. He doesn't do that with everyone, though. But he does do it with a few. He pulls him alongside. He lets them know that he's struggling, and he asks them to stay there with him as he goes to his father in prayer. So right up to the end of his life, Jesus' example is instructive for us. He put into words what he was experiencing, he didn't isolate, he called people, he invited people to be with him and to go through that struggle with him. I think taking steps like that can help us learn to trust God with the challenges that he allows to be part of our lives. And if people come to you to talk with you about some of the challenges and struggles they're sharing, I would encourage you, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Often people don't need our solutions, but rather they may need our shoulders to lean on, maybe to cry on. Yes, there may be a time to give suggestions or input, but I think it's a good idea for us to start by listening and caring and trusting that God will lead us in that. Joseph was a person who learned to walk through adversity, and we see that he grew and was able to trust God as the author of his story. Jesus shows us the way to do that moving towards people, sharing his burdens with them, and inviting them to join him in prayer. We can learn from that. Let's be people that follow his example, learning to trust our Father and doing that with others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the example of Joseph who trusted you as the author of his life. I pray that we would be people that grow in our ability to trust you as the author of our lives. Help us to do that together. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that in a way that points people to you and to your greatness. And Jesus, we pray these things in your name.
1: Amen.